أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا وحبيب قلوبنا وشفيع ذنوبنا وطبيب نفوسنا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين واللعنة الدائم على أعدائهم أجمعين من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين For the love of our beloved Prophet and his beloved progeny, please recite a second loud salawat. Allahumma salla ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajahum. For the hastening and the return of our beloved 12th Imam, a third loud salawat. Allahumma salla ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajahum. Inshallah, tonight we're going to continue with the tafsir of Suratul Insan. In the last session, we reached verses 19 through 21. And the Quran was describing for us the situation or the features of the heavenly life that the believers are going to be able to benefit from in heaven. And we went through a number of these descriptions. And of course, a question that comes to mind is why is the Quran describing heaven in this particular way? Is the heaven that the Quran is describing is it the same heaven for everybody? And if it is, why doesn't heaven consist of other elements that someone might prefer? Is it describing heaven in a particular way that is preferable to the people of the time of the Prophet? And so on and so forth. So we'll get into those questions in a little bit. I will do a quick review of the last two verses we discussed so that we can remember where we left off. The Qur'an started to describe these people who were in heaven and it says that when you come and you see when these people are in heaven and they are leaning on their couches and the fruits are hanging close to them and when you see them in this majlis, so to speak, where they're sitting together, you will also find that there are servants that are doing tawaf of them. There are servants that are roaming around them, that are waiting for them. Like we have someone who is a waiter. This person is going to be serving you today. Similarly, the Quran says that there are some creatures that are going to be serving people of heaven. And the servants are so beautiful. When you see them, they look like pearls. That's how beautiful they are. And these are the servants. And we said that if the servants of the people who are in heaven look this good, you can imagine the one who actually makes it into heaven, the believer who actually makes it into heaven, what type of beauty he will be benefiting from, what type of beauty he will be enjoying in heaven. And then the Quran continued, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ ثَمَّ رَأَيْتَ نَعِيمًا وَمُلْكًا كَبِيرًا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ If you were to ever see that day, if you were to see what, what heaven looks like, if you look there, you will see نَعِيمًا وَمُلْكًا كَبِيرًا You will see great blessings and you will see a great kingdom. And so the Quran is trying to tell us, listen, I can try to describe it for you as much as I can, but you won't understand exactly what I'm referring to. Um, the heavens, heaven, the blessings of heaven, what the next world looks like is something that we don't even understand. Forget about heaven, forget about hell. There are so many things in this world that we don't necessarily understand. The soul, for example, we have so little information about what the soul is like, how does it work. We don't know what it's like. And many other things that happen in this world, we have so little information. How could we understand what heaven and hell are really like? The Quran is just telling us, 
if you look upon them, you will see this great kingdom and you will see this great these great blessings. That's all we can tell you. They are wearing this green silk. And they will be adorned with silver. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their nurturer is going to be giving them a particular drink. Now this is where roughly we ended in our last session. And so a couple of points about this last phrase. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he will give them this pure drink, the word, first of all, the first point that we understand from this verse or from this phrase is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now he is the one who is giving this drink to these people. See, in the other verses, he said that, yes, they have waiters, they have servants. These servants come and they essentially feed these individuals. They attend to the needs of these individuals. But amongst these blessings... The Qur'an is now mentioning a separate blessing. This is a different blessing. This is a blessing where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is now going to be in charge. For this, so this drink that the Qur'an is talking about, it must be a specific, a special drink that instead of attributing it to the people who are serving in heaven, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will be the one who will give this drink to the people of heaven. Before he was saying the servants will give them many things. Now he says, وَسَقَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ Their nurturer, the one who used to take care of them in this world, now in heaven, he himself is going to give to them of this drink. So this drink must be something special. Now when we go to hadith, and just to the verse itself, we understand a very important point. وَسَقَاهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ شَرَابًا طَهُورًا In Arabic, there is a difference between the word tahur and the word tahir. You know, tahir is something we're familiar with. We consider some things to be najis and some things to be tahir. We say this is najis, spiritually there is impurity in it. And then there is something that we call tahir. And this tahir means what? It means it's pure. But tahur is different from tahir. Tahur means something that also purifies other things. And that's why in the verses of the Qur'an, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the water that comes from rain, He refers to it as ma'an tahura. This is a water that it's not only just pure, it is also purifying. It also purifies other things. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we are going to give a drink to them that is pure, this is not a very precise translation of the verse. We are going to give the, to them a drink that is purifying. It's going to purify them of something. And this is where hadith comes into the picture because from the verse, this is all we understand. That this drink that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am going to give it to them myself, not, not the servants. This is special. This drink, what is it? We don't know exactly what it is, but hadith tells us that when the people of heaven, they drink of this drink, as the hadith says, and this one is from the... A sixth Imam, he says, This drink purifies them from anything else that has to do with anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning that now they are fully becoming heavenly when they drink from this, whatever this drink is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides to them. And then in other ahadith, the Prophet says that when they drink from this sharab, when they drink from it, 
it removes from them and it removes from their hearts all of the grudges and the dislike that they had in their hearts, all of the jealousy, all of the concerns, it starts to take away those. And so now this person, when he drinks from this drink, he feels calm, he feels relaxed, he feels like he has no concerns. There is no dislike between him and the others that he is interacting with in heaven. This is what hadith tells us. So now we understand that this sharab is different from the sharab that we're used to. We're used to a sharab where you drink it and you're intoxicated afterwards. The Quran is saying, no, this sharab when you drink it, you don't feel intoxicated. It's pure and it purifies you. It purifies you of what? Of all of the concerns, all of the jealousy, all of the grudges that someone might have in their hearts. And this is a point that other verses of the Quran also speak of. When we look at other surahs of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِم مِّنْ غِلٍ إِخْوَانًا عَلَى سُرُرٍ مُتَقَابِلِينَ When they enter into heaven, what we do is they drink from this water or from this drink, and we purify their hearts from their grudges and their dislikes and their jealousies. These are the jealousies and the grudges that they have that don't reach the point of haram. You know, some, some sorts of dislike, some types of dislike, they're halal. It's not necessarily a good thing, but they're halal. If I don't act upon it, I don't like this person, but I don't act upon it. I don't, distreat, I don't mistreat them. I, I treat them fairly, but deep down, I don't like to be in the presence of this person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we remove these from the hearts of the believers. Okay, and then the verses continue. And he says, This is going to be their reward. And your efforts are thanked for. We are grateful for your efforts. And the Mufassirin say this is not a sentence Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing about them. He's not saying, look, I, I am grateful for your blessings. No, this is his way of thanking them right there and then. You know how when someone gives you a plate and you thank that person right then, you say thank you, you're not explaining anything. You are literally explain, You are literally thanking them in that moment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and thank you for everything that you did. And a part of this reason is because you find that the pronouns in this verse, they changed. Because before it was speaking of the people in heaven in the third person. In hada kana lakum jaza'an before this verse. But now when it comes to this verse, it says, In hada kana lakum jaza'an. Wa kana sa'yukum mashkura. Thank you for everything that you did. Okay. This is where the important question that we had posed in previous session and also the beginning of this session comes up. Is the Qur'an defining and describing heaven for us in a way that is more preferable? For the people of the time of the Prophet, there are gardens. This is something very valuable during the time of the Prophet. There are rivers or springs flowing from the bottom of the feet of the believers. There are gardens that are so green. And other descriptions that the Qur'an has of heaven the different types of fruits that are there and the weather that is so wonderful and so on and so forth. Is the Qur'an describing heaven in this particular way? And if it is, then why would the Qur'an do this? Is the Qur'an a book for the people of that time only or is it supposed to be a book for the people of my time as well? The answer to this question is yes, there are elements in the Qur'an when describing the blessings of heaven that might be more preferable to certain ethnicities, to certain contexts, to certain backgrounds, 
But the reality is that we have to remember the Quran is a book for 1400 years and counting. And this book, because it is a universal book, unlike the books of Isa, unlike the books of Musa, their, their Rasala had to do with a particular part of the world, a particular group of people. Now the Quran is coming, it has to be, the message is universal, the book has to be appealing to a universal audience. And in this universal audience, you will have those whose intelligence and understanding might be at a lower level, you will have those whose intelligence and understanding might be at a higher level, and some in the middle maybe. And the beauty of the Quran is this, that when the Quran describes not just heaven, anything that it describes, the message that it carries, it is appealing to people of all backgrounds. It is appealing to people from different types of cultures, different climates, different individuals, different backgrounds, doesn't matter. But when it comes to the people of the time of the Prophet, the Quran has to put in a little bit more work. Because the intellect is a little bit lower than what we have today. The intellect of the human being continues to grow. So if the Quran wants to come as a book that is going to be the final book that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends to mankind, it has to be a book that has different layers to it. And some layers of it will appeal to a certain group of people while other layers of it will appear to different types of people. Yes, the Quran describes heaven in a particular way that is very much likable and preferable to the, to the time or the people of the time of the Prophet. But at the same time that it does it in that way, it talks about these fruits and the rivers and the springs that are flowing and so on and so forth and the gardens, you find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every now and then he will put in phrases when describing heaven that shows you that yes, heaven can look like this, but it can also look any which way that you want it to look as well. And so when we go to the other descriptions of the Quran of heaven, you find that the description is a very broad description. You make up your heaven. You choose what you want for your heaven to look like. So when you go to the description of the Quran, what does the Quran say? Number one, the most important thing that you can mention as it relates to heaven, the, the most fundamental blessing that you come across, not the greatest of blessings, the most fundamental of these blessings, is that beyond these rivers and springs and the fruits and everything like that, the believer, the moment he makes it into heaven, he no longer has any worries and any concerns. Take a look at the world we live in today. The biggest thing on the mind of every human being out there are his concerns and his worries. And he might be living the best of lives, but the worry and the concern of the future, the fears that he has still give him trouble because he's still concerned, he's still worried. The Quran says, listen, if you make it into heaven, la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahsanun. This place is darus salam. This place is peaceful. That's the most important thing when it comes to heaven. There are no worries and no concerns. And if you imagine this moment for a second, you understand why heaven is so valuable. Because the moment the human being walks into this heaven, now everything changes for the human being. If we lived in this world 50, 60, 70, 80 years, we're always worried about one thing or another. There's always concerns in life. But the Quran says, you come to heaven, la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. At this point, you have nothing to worry about anymore. And there is nothing that happens in heaven that may make it feel not so good to you. No, the people who you are around, you enjoy interacting with them. You enjoy being in the presence of them. That's why the Quran says, That's the first thing that they hear. 
When the good people, when they walk into heaven and the malaika want to enter, have them enter into heaven and they want to welcome them into heaven, what do they say? They say, Walk in with peace. We have nothing to worry about. So the Quran now you see, it speaks of the spiritual pleasures of heaven as well. That's number one. Then when you move on with the verses of the Quran, you find that the Quran is telling you also, this is number two, that those of the blessings that might even be physical, they're not these different, you know, these normal type of physical pleasures. No. Nobody knows what we have prepared for them. We read the Quran, we says, oh, there are springs flowing beneath their feet. We say, oh, well, I don't need that. I don't even like springs. I don't like rivers. Trust me, the spring in heaven is one thing. The spring here is a very different thing. The Quran says, listen, we describe these things. You guys think it's just like here. You say, oh, I don't want that. No, it's not like here. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we have prepared for them. Nobody knows what we have prepared for them. We try to explain it to you, but you won't understand. So even when we do come across the physical descriptions of heaven, we have to understand these are not normal. These are not the type of blessings we come across in this world. These blessings, they come with problems. You want to eat food, you have to go and prepare, and then you have to spend money to buy it, and then you have to cook it, and then you have to set the table, and then after you eat, you feel full, and then you have to rest, and then you have to wash the dishes. There's so much trouble that comes with it. The Quran says, listen, even if we describe the pleasures of heaven for you, what you find in heaven is going to be very different from what you find here. Don't think that because it sounds like what you have here, it is what you have here. These are very different. That's number two. Then the Quran moves on. says, listen, this heaven that we speak about, you can have anything in it you want to have. You don't like springs? You don't like springs. No problem. لَهُمْ فِيهَا مَا يَشَاءُونَ وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدٌ The Quran says, listen, this heaven can have anything that they want and then we have extra. What does this mean? What does it mean you can have anything you want and extra? Does it make sense? I mean, anything I want, shouldn't that cover everything? That doesn't cover everything. The Quran is saying, listen, you're living in a material world. Even if you wanted to use your imagination, you wanted to come up with a list. and say, Ya Allah, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. Your imagination is so small right now because you live in such a small and tiny world that even if you were to ask us for everything, there will still be so many great pleasures out there that you don't know about. So you know what we will tell you? Yes, you can have whatever you want, but then know there's a bunch of things that you won't, won't want because you don't even know about them and we will give them to you. And there's more that we will give to them as well. What do you mean more? More than you can imagine because there's so many things that won't even cross your mind. They won't even make it on your list. And those are things that we have waiting for you. And now you find that, yes, the Qur'an describes heaven in this primitive sense, in this basic sense of, yes, there are springs and there are fruits. But then the Qur'an every now and then puts in a phrase there that you understand, oh, this is a book that appeals to everybody. It's not a book that appeals only to the time of the Prophet, only to the people of the Prophet. If this was the work of a human being, brothers and sisters, this would not be descriptions of the Quran in such a broad and flexible manner. If it was the book of a person who was illiterate, who came from some desert in Arabia, 
at the most his imagination would have went where? His imagination would have been to the greatest gardens or the greatest palaces that you had at that time. But you find the Qur'an, though it has descriptions like that, you find that the Qur'an then, every now and then reminds you, yes, this is one description of it, but then there are so many other things we can't even describe for you. This means that this is not coming from the imagination of a human being, because the imagination of a human being can only go so far anyways. If the Prophet was coming up with this on his own, his imagination could have gone as far as, yes, you will have servants, and you will have fruits, and you will have foods. That's, that's all the pleasures were at that time, you know, in, in that area where the Prophet was living. But then the Qur'an says, no, there is much more to this. This is coming from a divine inspiration now. Then you move on. The Qur'an says, listen, not only will you be in heaven, not only will there be pleasures you don't even know about, you will be engulfed in these pleasures so much that this hellfire that you used to hear of in this world, you won't even hear about it. You won't even know about it. It won't even cross your mind that, oh yes, there are, you know, there are people or, or there is a hellfire that if I had done wrong, I could have entered into it. The Qur'an says, On that day, these individuals, they don't even hear the punishments. It doesn't even, it doesn't even worry them. And they are indulging in whatever they want to indulge in. And the higher level of a spirituality of an individual, the more spiritual the pleasures in the next world. If I'm used to pleasures at a lower level, then my heaven is going to be pleasures of a lower level. If I'm used to pleasures of a higher level, then when I come to the next world, the spiritual pleasures will be of a higher level. It just depends on who you are because you make your heaven and you, God forbid, make your hell. Heaven and hell don't, aren't created by the snap of a finger. That's not how they work. They are the realities of our actions. And so I am the one who creates these great pleasures or lower level pleasures. Doesn't matter. Either way, it's coming from me. And then the Quran says this. And this is the one thing that really connects with the human being. The more the human being starts to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more his relationship becomes stronger with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more this last blessing in heaven becomes more appealing to him. And that is this, that after all of this is done, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke of the fruits and everything you can imagine and all of these things. Then the Qur'an says, but you know, there is one blessing. This one is greater than anything else you will come across. What is this one thing? Just knowing that your Creator is happy with you and pleased with you. Just knowing this is the best of pleasures for you. This is why we read in Surah At-Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he says, We have given the promise to the mu'mineen and mu'minat. There are rivers and springs, they will stay there forever. But then the greatest of all is that they know and understand that the one who created them, the one who loved them so much, the one who was watching after them this whole time, 60, 70 years, while the time they were in the womb, afterwards they went into the grave, throughout this whole time, the one who cared for them the most is pleased with them. This is the greatest of blessings for them. 
And the deeper my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more I understand the pleasure in this blessing. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts this in, for, in front of a person who doesn't have a strong connection with him, this blessing is not going to mean much to him. Because I don't care too much about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me to care so much about whether he is pleased with me or not. But if I really care, if my connection is a very, very strong connection with him, then if he's happy with me, this makes up for all of the blessings that I have in heaven. And this is why the Qur'an says that on that day, we have made it such that some of them, when they enter into heaven, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. They are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them. This connection, this bond that the servant builds with his creator is the greatest of pleasures of heaven. Sometimes you'll see, brothers and sisters, when people come up to get their rewards, they have hundreds or thousands of fans calling their name, you know, asking for a signature, taking pictures of them. There's media, there's everybody, live broadcast. But you will see that this person, when he comes up to get his reward, if he has loved ones, if he has relatives, if he has his mom or dad in the crowd, the moment he sees his mom or father, what happens? That's the moment he starts to shed tears. That's the moment where he starts to break down. Because the idea of the one who has loved you their whole life, being pleased with you, is the greatest of blessings that you can come across. That's the best thing that you can think of. Because you have such a close bond with that individual. If that person was just, were to just look to, at you, say, you know what, I'm happy with who you have become happy with the decisions you've made in life. This is much more worthy or much more valuable to you than thousands of rewards that you get. Thousands of people might beg to have your signature. That's one thing. But if your mother looks at you and smiles upon you, then what happens? Then you'll see, for example, this famous person, all of a sudden he starts to break down because this is a different type of a relationship that he has. And the Quran tells us, yes, we have these levels of pleasure and then we have these higher levels of pleasure but before you and I act super spiritual before you and I sit there and say yes Shaykhana these fruits are not too important the rivers aren't too important Shaykh I want the Ridwan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I want to be with the Ahlul Bayt before we get too spiritual and we overestimate our own potential then what we have to do of course is this if you want that and that's what you think is only important for you, then is that there in your life? Because the fact that this is a pleasurable thing is not something that just pops up in heaven. It's something that you have to cultivate in this world. The person who leaves this world, if he has cultivated in himself the importance of his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then yes, when he goes to the next world and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks upon him with happiness, then this person, the pleasure he experiences is the greatest of all. But if he hasn't cultivated this inside of himself, and the only level of heaven he was aiming for was just to not enter hellfire, which is the, the standard that many of us have for ourselves, unfortunately. Then when this person goes, will he experience this pleasure of Ridwanu min Allahi Akbar? Not to the same extent as that person. This is very different. 
You know, many of us say, yes, I want the greatest of blessings. You have to cultivate that right now. Well, how do I cultivate that? Bismillah, the basic, simple way. Our religion is never vague, brothers and sisters. It is very clear. Get rid of haram out of your life and you will, your spirituality will grow, guaranteed. And leave a little bit of haram in there and your spirituality will always plateau. It will, it will go, it'll fluctuate, but it will always plateau. It will never truly grow. Because every time it wants to grow, we commit a sin, it comes back down. We do tawbah, and then it grows again, and then it comes back down again. It's just fluctuating. It never truly grows. But if I remove sin from my life, then my faith is going to grow guaranteed. There's no doubt about it. If I want Ridwanu min Allah Akbar, okay, Bismillah, cultivate it in your life right now. Otherwise, it's easy to sit there and say, yes, Shaykh, you know, these fruits, I don't care much for them. But the fruits of this world, you care very much for. So much so that at times you're willing to do haram for them. So then you can't sit there and I can't sit there, I speak of myself, I can't sit there and say, yes, these fruits are for people who have lower level of spirituality. For me, I want those higher levels. If you wanted those higher levels, then it should be showing in your action. If you want those higher levels, then you have to be willing to let go of these lower levels that you come across in this world. And as long as I'm doing haram, what does that mean? That means I'm not willing to let go of them. That means I'm still stuck on these basic levels. So the Quran will describe heaven in different ways. And part of the reason for this is because the heaven for different individuals is going to be different. And we say that heaven has multiple levels and it has eight doors, for example, and there are seven heavens, for example. But even amongst those seven heavens, the experience that A has and the experience that B has, they are not the same because they too are not the same individuals. Everyone has their own heaven. So the Quran is speaking of heaven in a way that appeals to the pe people of the time of the Prophet and also appeals to the time of today as well. This is why the Quran can be a book for 1400 years and counting. Because as much as it describes it in this way, at the same time, it describes it in a way that you understand, oh, this heaven can have anything in there. It can have the greatest of spiritual pleasures in there as well. Recite a salawat, please. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajah. Moving on, inna, this is verse 23. So we reached inna hadha kana lakum jaza'an wa kana sa'yukum mashkura. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, inna nahnu nazzalna alayka al-Qur'ana tanzila. Up until this part of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was saying that, listen, the human being, either he takes the right path or he doesn't. If he takes the wrong path, their hellfire is prepared for them. And if they take the right path, well then let's describe for you what this heaven is going to look like. And many verses of the surah went based on the description of heaven. Now the Quran is coming back. And the Quran is telling the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, we sent down this message to you. Because we send down this message to you, and this message is a truthful message, Ya Rasulullah, it shouldn't bother you too much when they don't choose the right path. That's their choice, and their fate is clear. We've explained to them what's going to happen. We have sent down this Quran to you slowly, step by step. Tanzil, some say it means that you sent down something slowly, step by step. Okay, so what about it? This Qur'an is revealed to me. So what am I supposed to do? فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكْ 
So be patient when it comes to the commands of your Lord. You know this book and these truths are being presented to you from us. If they're, if they're coming to you from us, then when we ask you to be patient, you are to be patient. فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ وَلَا تُطِعْ مِنْهُمْ آثِمًا أَوْ كَفُورًا And do not obey any of them who are sinful or disbelievers. Some are disbelievers fundamentally. Some, they are believers, but they are, uh, you know, sinners. The Qur'an is saying, Ya Rasulullah, if these guys turn away, if they pressure you, if they call you names, if they mock you and they still do today, this is not reason for you to now doubt your faith. It's not reason for you to doubt your fundamentals. We gave you this message. Now that this message, you are sure about this message, then be patient with them. As much as they try to pressure you, don't go their way. Don't listen to them. And the Quran, of course, is telling the Prophet so that we can hear this. Because the Prophet, of course, is much pressure on him. But even today, it's the same case. Every day that you live your life as a Muslim, there are issues that come up. And there are pressure that is placed on you. Social pressure, there's political pressure, there is other types of pressure, peer pressure that are placed on you. And the Quran is saying, فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ Be patient and stick to your path. وَلَا تُطَعْ مِنْهُمْ آثِمًا أَوْ كَفُورًا And then the Quran says this, if we're asking you to be patient, let us give you a key. If you use this key properly, Ya Rasulullah, you will be able to be patient. What is that key? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran wants to tell the Prophet to be patient, He doesn't tell him to just be patient and just sit there. No. Usually when we think about being patient, what does that mean? You sit there and you do nothing. The Qur'an says, listen, when we tell you to be patient, you can't just sit there and try to be patient. No, you have to do something else. It's a proactive form of patience. What is this proactive form of patience? It says, listen, you want to be patient? Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bukratan wa asila, in the morning and in the afternoon. وَمِنَ اللَّيْنِ فَاسْجُدْ لَهُ And during the night time, do sajda for him. وَسَبِّحُ لَيْلًا طَوِيلًا And in these long nights, do tasbih of him. So Ya Rasulullah, you want to be patient? You want to be able to take the pressures that these kuffar and munafiqin place on you? Don't just sit there. Strengthen your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember us. Because if you don't remember us, or your remembrance is weak, you won't be able to take it. And this, brothers and sisters, is a key in our lives today. Many of the pressures that are placed on us, the reason why we cannot bear them, is because our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a weak and flimsy one. And the more someone strengthens this relationship, the easier the pressures of this life becomes. Doesn't mean that they disappear. That's not the point of it. No, they will be there. Sometimes they even increase. But his patience, his forbearance, how much this person can take, 
this becomes easier the more he builds a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This doesn't mean that he doesn't try to fix the situation. This doesn't mean that he doesn't try to relieve himself of the pressure that is upon him. No, he tries to do what he can do. But whatever pressure there is that you can't do anything about it, this is where your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala matters so much. Whenever the Quran wants to tell the Prophet to be patient, he doesn't say go and sit somewhere and be patient. He says, listen, you want to be patient? Come and speak to us. If you come and speak to us, your relationship will be stronger, you will become more patient. This is why the verses of the Qur'an that speak of prayer and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you pay attention to them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seldom does He say, go and pray for me. Yes, He says, go and pray for my remembrance. Yes, He says that. But seldom does He say, go and pray for me, because He's not benefited from it. When you look at the verses of the Qur'an, the Qur'an tells the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, you're having a hard time. Dealing with these people is so difficult. Go and pray, So that you can be pleased. So that you can be calm. Because unless you rely on us, you won't be able to take it. Take a look at verse 130 from Surah Taha. فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Ya Rasulullah, be patient with what they say. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا Before sunrise and before sunset, remember us. وَمِنْ آنَاءِ اللَّيْلِ And different moments in the night. فَسَبِّحْ وَأَطْرَافَ النَّهَارِ Do these things. Why, Ya Allah? Because you command me to do these things. Because I'm supposed to worship you. Because you need me to, to do these things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, no. Do all of this. وَمِنْ آنَاءِ اللَّيْلِ فَسَبِّحْهُ وَأَطْرَافَ النَّهَارِ لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى So that you are pleased. So that you can take the pressures of this life. إِنَّا سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا we're going we're gonna to make, you know, test you in heavy ways. If you want to be pleased with your life, if you want to be able to take these pressures, pressures, you have to pray. This prayer that we do, this remembrance, is not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't benefit from it. So that you will be able to take the pressures of life. Otherwise, brothers and sisters, the pressures of this life are so many. The concerns of this life are so many. The worries are so many. The pleasures of this life, they are so fleeting and they, they, you know, they disappear before you know it. If you don't have that relationship, then it's very difficult to go through life. How do I build that relationship? One, eradicate haram from your life. Number two, as the Quran has highlighted, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, this is the way to combat the pressures of life. And you do as much as you can, but the other pressures that you can't do anything about, this is where you have to rely on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the verses continue, Inna These people that you're looking at, they are those who are only looking at the immediate pleasures of this world. But they are leaving behind themselves. They are forgetting about this huge day that is going to show up. These verses, 27 through 31, inshallah, Next week, we won't have a tafsir session because of the meaning of verses, inshallah. Thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for tuning into another episode of the Tafsir Treasures podcast. I hope that this episode was another step for all of us to coming closer to having a deeper understanding 
of the Quran and the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you would like to stay updated on the courses, the presentations, or the other podcasts that Mizan Institute is offering, you can always follow us on the major social media platforms on Facebook, on Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can always refer to Mizan Institute's website, which is MizanInstitute.org. Finally, if there is any feedback, feel free to leave a review for the podcast, or you can always message us directly on any of these platforms so that we can benefit from your feedback for future projects, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.